Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. Hey, guys, it's Linda Gunner with Love Him, Love Them. We're here today because we want to give you some hope. We want to touch your heart, and ultimately, we want to change your life. So if you don't know about Love Him, Love Them, I want to encourage you to go to our website, www.lovehimlovethem.org. And you can see how you can come alongside of us to serve widows and orphans, both here in the United States and also in the country of Haiti. We are talking about an amazing topic for the last couple of weeks. If you've missed the first couple, we'd uh, encourage you to go to our website. Also, I think our podcasts are on there, or if not, you can go uh, anywhere podcasts are and you will find the Love Him, Love Them podcast and all of the previous shows are on there. But we're talking about how to pray and get your prayers answered. So if you are praying for something and you have not received an answer and you want an answer, we're showing you how to do that. And if you'll stick with us for about the next for about two months. And basically, that's just, what, 30 minutes every week. You can, If you can hang with us for that, I'm going to show you how to. you'll be able to say, when I pray, my prayers get answered. So today we're going to talk about how do we approach God to be sure that he will answer our prayers. You know, God wants us to pray, and he wants us to get what we pray for. I mean, can you imagine having your kids come and talk to you, and then you'd be like, okay, well, that's I appreciate you coming, but get out of here, because I, I don't want to have this conversation. That's not how it works. But the, pro, the fact of the matter is, is that there are requirements that we have to fulfill when we approach God in prayer. And uh, don't think a lot of us really take the time to either we we read what it says in the Word, but we just... I don't know if we just say, I'm not going to do that, or if we just think it doesn't work that way, or I'm not really sure why we don't exactly do what the Word of God says so that we can get our prayers answered. But today we're going to talk about a couple of those things. So renouncing our own will and embracing God's will, we learned last week, is a must because God says that he heard Jesus's prayer because of his reverent submission. Now, I want to keep talking about this because I truly do want all of us to pray and get what we pray for. On the previous podcast, Do You Get What You Pray For? We discussed this at length. So I'm going to try to finish this up today. But the key takeaway from that podcast was that prayer is not to get God to do what we want, but prayer is for me to become an instrument for God to do what he wants And what God wants is always exceedingly above and beyond and immeasurably more than anything I could ever ask or think. You know, the fact of the matter is, when I'm praying on the level of God's will, I'm praying on the highest possible level, which is far higher than I could ever achieve than by simply asserting my own will. And what I, I mean, I think for some people... I think for me, I don't know if it's just me that when I hear these certain like churchy, wordy Bible things that my mind just goes to sleep, like my will, thy will. I mean, I think we like when we say the Lord's Prayer, I mean, it says that in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done, not mine. But I think when we see that, because those aren't words that we use every day. And so it's like, I don't know what that means. Let me tell you real flat out what it means, right? What you want to do when you want to do it, how you want to do it. That's what your will is, right? And so when you're only praying for stuff that you want and the way you want it and how you want it, then that's your will. All right. So just keep that in mind as we move forward. So and another requirement, but, but I do want to say this one more time. Prayer is not to get God to do what we want, but prayer 
is for me to become an instrument for God to do what he wants. If we would keep that in mind, whew, I mean, and say, God, really, God, use me. Because I think the way we do it is like, God, use me and what I want to do. <laughs> right? But he's like, girl, if you would only listen, I got I got some stuff for you. You can't even imagine. OK, another requirement is for, for us to approach God is uh, it's something that's very, very simple. And it's just one word. You ready? Faith. Hebrews eleven six tells us there is one basic, unchanging requirement of all who reach out to God. All right, and this is what the verse says: Hebrews eleven six. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and ooh, this has been my new thing: that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. I don't know about you guys, but since I've been studying for this and this Hebrews eleven six, I think is my new favorite verse. You know why? Because Mommy Linda loves rewards. You know that um, five love language thing where you're supposed to figure out what your wife, what your spouse's love language is so that you can love them the way they love you, blah, 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 blah. Well, mine is gifts. OK, I don't care if you give me a candle from the Dollar Tree. If you put it in a gift bag and put some tissue paper on top of it and I get to throw it in the air, that is a reward for me. Right. Yesterday, my reward was that. Um, <laughs> this is so funny. I had I ordered um, what are those things I like, but I only like them from Longhorns. Brussels sprouts. I can't stand Brussels sprouts, but Longhorns puts honey on their Brussels sprouts. I mean, to the point that you want to put a straw in the bottom of the little thing that they put those Brussels sprouts in and suck it up, and it's so good. So yesterday, when I I, I had to take one of our kids to the doctor for a um, for keloids and to a surgeon. And we, we went to when we went to the doctor, the, there was delay. They told us we had to come back. And, you know, God was just so good. There was a Longhorns right next door. So we go and I ordered the Brussels sprouts and the lady goes, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. We're out of Brussels sprouts. And I thought, wait a minute. Are you sure about that? No, this is a very, very silly, silly example. So don't even pay attention to this. I'm just sharing this because it made me feel like I was rewarded. And she looked back at my, I guess she saw the disappointment in my face. And she was like, how about if I go check? Because it was last night that they told me we were out of Brussels sprouts. So she goes and she comes back and she said, honey, we do have them. And I was like, I know because I am seeking the Lord and he is rewarding me. And she was like, oh, you're a little too excited. Which then I turned around and asked the waitress. I was like, by the way, when you pray, do you get everything that you pray for? And I think she was just like, let me just get her her Brussels sprouts and get her out of here. All right, back to this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But I'm telling you, that is my new favorite verse. I want to read it one more time. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. But what else do you have to believe? You have to believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So faith is essential if we are to be accepted by God. And anyone who comes to God must believe. Now, we've already talked about this a thousand times because people people who pray and then they then what they pray for happens, it's like they're surprised, right? Because they didn't believe it was going to happen in the first place. But it says right here that God, we must believe. But we're required to believe two things. One is that God exists. The second thing is that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, most of us don't have a problem believing that God exists. I mean, and if that was all that we had to believe, we could probably easily meet the condition. 
But that's not all that the verse says. The verse says we are required to believe not just that he exists, but what? That he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you believe that? I mean, that's that's really the vital question. And, and I'm going to stop right here, too, because another word that kind of throws me off is seek. I mean, how often do we use that word? What are you, what are you seeking, Linda? Uh, no, I don't hear that. But So I came up with this amazing definition to, um, to show my kids what the word seek means. And that is that when they lose the remote to the television, what they do, <laughs> how they go and seek to find that, you know, they're willing to pull the covers off the bed, throw the pillows on the floor, crawl underneath. Everybody will do anything and everything they can to find the remote before they'll go up and actually turn it on on the actual television, which, by the way, back in the day, that was how we did that. The kid, We were the remote. The kids were the remote, right? The, husband, the parents would say, go change the channel and you have to walk up to the television. But that the way we look for that remote, it, that is seeking. And many of us... Um, don't even really know how to do that with when it comes to God. So the question is, do you believe that? That is really the vital question because most people say, well, I don't really know too much about doctrine. I don't know anything about theology. I don't know anything about create creeds. I'm not really into any of that stuff. But you know what? The great news is that the faith that we're talking about, especially in this verse, is not concerned with theology. It doesn't have anything to do with doctrine. This faith that he's saying that without faith, it's impossible to please God. This faith, it is a confidence. It is a trust in God as a person. It is a trust in his person, in God's reliability. You know, we come to to God believing that if we earnestly seek him, he will reward us. Say that. If I earnestly seek him, he will reward me. That's not really a theology, right? That's our own personal picture of God. You know, that's why it's so important. And if you if you did listen to the way we started off this series about how to pray and get what we pray for, we start off with the right picture of God is because if we think of God as somebody who's just sitting there waiting, waiting to scold us and reprimand us, Instead of the truth of what he is, it is going to inhibit our prayers. I mean, it's going to mess up how we pray. Because when we realize the truth of what and who God is, that's what generates our faith. Because we believe in God's goodness, then we believe in God's faithfulness, and then we can believe in his reliability. You know, That's why on the other side, unbelief, unbelief is a sin. You know, some people don't see why unbelief is a sin. But one basic reason is unbelief casts a false impression of who God is. It really, truly gives a false impression of God's character. If we don't believe that God is who he says he is, that's sin. And so this requirement that we approach God in faith, it's really universal for any way that we're approaching God, but it is specifically applied to how we approach God in prayer. 
Listen to what Matthew says in verse 21, 22. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. (laughs) These verses are, I mean, it's like everything you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. And again, 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. That's exactly what we're talking about right now. It is confidence in God. It doesn't have anything to do with believing right doctrine. It doesn't have anything to do with repeating the Apostles' Creed. It doesn't have anything to do with a statement of fundamentals. This kind of faith is faith. It's confidence in God himself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's confidence in God that he is who he says he is. It's confidence in his goodness. It's confidence in his character. If we come to God with that confidence that whatever we ask, we know he hears us. I mean, we've got to start with that approach, that approach of complete trust, that approach, that, I mean, we have to have that confidence in God. It is the same as a little child coming to their parents, right? I mean, and I've used this example so many times. I have so many kids, so many kids in our house, so many kids uh, that uh, in Haiti. But you know what? They're convinced that when they come, when the kids come to me and say, Mommy Linda, I need blah, blah, they are 100% convinced they're getting it. They, there's not a question in their mind. They're convinced that their parents love them. And they're convinced that whatever the child asks that the parent is going to do for us. You know, they're, they're so convinced that they just keep asking, right? There's, I mean, Merlanda, oh my goodness. It does, I mean, she's 11, just to give a little perspective on that. At 11 year old, she, there's, she just doesn't stop asking, right? Uh, I think it was jazz shoes, jazz shoes that she, she wanted. And she, there was no, no question in her mind as to whether or not she was going to get them. She just continued to ask until she got them. That is the perseverance and the persistence of a child who knows that their parents love them. And she comes approach. She might not realize she's approaching uh, myself and my husband in faith, but she, but she it's faith. She's got faith that she's going to get what she's coming to ask for. So, you know, we've got to get away. And, and why is that faith? That faith is because of the personal relationship that she has with us. She's convinced that we're good. She's convinced she knows our character. Um, we've got to get away from the thought that there's a theology about this faith because it's not a theology. It is a personal relationship to God. That is what I'm talking about. How do we get this faith? How do we get the faith that approaches God with this amazing confidence? How do we get the same faith in God that Merlanda has in myself and my husband? Well, thank goodness, thank God, the New Testament does not only tell us that we have to approach God in faith, but guess what? It also tells us a very practical way of how we can get faith. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is great news. You know why it's great news? Because faith comes. That means you don't have to have it. That means if you don't have it, you can get it, right? Because if it comes, you can get it. How does faith come? If a concert's coming to town, you can get tickets and you can get there. So that, that's amazing news. Don't forget that, Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes 
And if it comes, that means you have the ability to get it. Faith comes from hearing the word. Faith comes from listening to God. You know, my husband makes fun of me because I love Smith Wigglesworth. I don't even, he can't even say his last name right. Because, I mean, there it's all, you can't listen to Smith Wigglesworth without it being like <laughs> crackly. I don't even think they had video or um, audio back in the day. Um, and usually, sometimes it's even somebody else just reading his book. So he makes fun of me every time I listen to him. But one of the things that Smith Wigglesworth is huge about is when he reads the Bible, he reads it out loud. Because Smith always said, there's a, I mean, and there's a couple of things. If you listen to Smith, you can get into it and say it's ritualistic and religious or whatever. But the bottom line is, is that he, and that's the only book he reads, right? But he said that the reason that he, when he reads the word, he reads it out loud is because it just inspires him and it builds his faith. Why does it build his faith? The Bible tells us why. Because faith comes from hearing, from hearing the word. Faith comes from listening to God. You see, Faith is not just talking to God. Prayer is a two-way communication with God, right? It's holding a very intimate, a very personal conversation with God. So many people think of prayer is that you're coming to God to tell him what you want and to tell him what you what, he, what you need. You know, it's almost like a shopping list. It's like they list off, okay, this, I need this, bless me, keep me safe, keep my family. What is that prayer that... Um, Another guy I listened to, he says, most Christians' prayer is, um, dear God, bless me, bless my wife, bless my son and his wife, us four, and no more. <laughs> right? And then period, the end. That's it. Um, and that's a, what that's what it is. It's a shopping list of what you want. You know, that's really hardly praying at all, right? How would you feel as a parent if your child only came to you with a list of what they wanted done for them. You know, we would definitely not feel like there was a relationship. I mean, and if there was a relationship, the relationship wasn't right. If that's all I ever heard from my kids, I need this, 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 and this. I mean, I'm not, we're not doing that. And that's how God feels. I mean, when we come to him with our shopping list, God says, you know, Linda, I mean, I can easily deal with all the things on your list you know, I mean, have you ever thought about this? The fact of the matter is God knows what we need. He knows what we want. So, I mean, us sitting around telling him, it's kind of like, okay, this is kind of boring. But the fact is, God is interested in us. I mean, if God could talk to, he would say, Linda, it's you I'm interested in, not all the things that you need or want. I mean, God is waiting to have communication with us right? That's the whole reason he made Adam and Eve was to be able to communicate with us. He's not just sitting around waiting to hear what we have to say, but he wants to hear, he wants us to hear what he has to say. And to be real honest with you, out of the two, I think it's a lot more important <laughs> for God to, for us to hear what God has to say than for him to hear what we have to say. You know, Jesus told us, our Father already knows the things that we need. When we come to God telling him that we need things, we're not telling him things he doesn't already know. And it's not so much telling God all that we need, but it's getting into that relationship and that attitude with God that, that we know that we receive what we need when we tell him. 
And that comes really from hearing what God has to say. You know, my husband and I do a lot of counseling, a lot of counseling. I mean, even in our own home, you have to realize that we've now had 12, I think there's 12, four, I don't know how many kids we have. We have a table that seats 14 and usually every night it's at least full with at least 12. And so even, and those children have all come from jacked up situations. And so really and truly just our dinner table is a counseling session um, constantly. But even, I mean, I, I had a, a little girl last night that was at my house and she was like, I'm really, really wondering what's happening with any family I have in Haiti or any family that I don't even know that I have in Haiti. And you know, those are difficult conversations to have. But in addition to that, we also do marriage counseling. We do family counseling. And I'm, I have a, a prayer room and a counseling session every Monday and Friday morning from eight to nine. And, you know, at a lot of times in those situations, I have women telling me how bad their husbands are and how horrible their lives are and how nothing is going right in their lives. And, you know, most of those times, God, through the Holy Spirit, will give me answers. He'll give me a word of knowledge. He'll tell me about things that I don't even know. But usually... The people are so full of their problems and they talk so much and they won't stop talking that I'm not ever able to give them the answers. And I think a lot of times we make that same mistake with God. We do so much talking, so much talking that when we would never are able to even hear his answer, you know, in the old Testament, after the temple of Solomon had been built, God appeared to Solomon in a dream, and he asked Solomon, what do you want? He said, just tell me what you want, and I'll give it to you. And Solomon made a very wise decision and answered, give your servant an understanding or a discerning heart, a hearing heart. You know, there's nothing more precious than a hearing heart. Um, I have a, a good friend that works with us here in the ministry. Her name is Lisa. Uh, she just celebrated her 60th birthday. I'm sure she'll appreciate me telling everybody that. Um, but uh, we were getting ready to go out to celebrate her birthday the other evening. Actually, she rode in the car with me to the event. And one of the things that she said, she was telling me something someone had told her. And she said, you know, Linda, she goes, it's just like people don't mind telling me anything. She said, people will tell me stuff I don't even want to know. They'll just tell me anything. And the reason they'll tell her anything is she makes them feel very comfortable and she has a hearing heart. And when you have a hearing heart, people want people want to share. You know, that's that hearing heart. There's really nothing more precious than that. And a heart that can hear God. That's that's what we want. You know, there's another example of a hearing heart in the Old Testament after David after he had been established in the Old Testament, and this is really an amazing example. If you think you're praying uh, for what you're praying for, but you're not listening, listen to this. Because David, he had the, the um, he'd been established in the Old Testament. He had the idea that he wanted to build a great big house for the Lord, right? So he shared his idea with his prophet, Nathan, called his friend over and said, you know, Nathan, I want to build a house for the Lord. I want it to be this, this, and the other. And Nathan was like, oh, yeah, man, that's a great idea. I think you should go ahead and do that. But that night, God spoke to Nathan and said, hey, that, ha that house for the Lord, that's not what I want. That is not what I want. David wants to build me a house, but what I want to do is I want to build a house for David. So Nathan went back, 
gave God's message to David. I mean, can you can you see just in that example alone what the difference is between our will and God's will? I mean, the highest thing that David could think of was to build a house for God. But God's will was on a higher level. God wanted to build a house for David. And so Nathan went back to David with this message. And it tells us in the Bible that when David heard this, he went and he sat before the Lord. What do you think David was doing when he sat there? I think he was emptying himself out before God. He was just emptying it out, just taking all of his ideas, all of his plans, all of his thoughts, so that what God was saying could really sink in. You know, and then he prayed. It says David prayed in 1 Chronicles 17, 23. And now, Lord, let the promise that you have made concerning your servant and his house be established forever. Lord, you do as you promised. And you know, guys, that is the key to faith is saying to God, do what you said you'd do. But you see, that kind of faith only comes when we can hear what God says. And as David heard what God had for him, it was on a level so much higher than anything David could have ever imagined for himself. That's, that's what we have to do. We have to be able to hear. I want to give you a great piece of advice. When you pray, pray with your Bible open. In fact, my suggestion is that you never begin a serious time of prayer without first reading your Bible. You know why? God speaks primarily through the Bible. If you want to hear God, most often you have to hear him through the Bible. And secondly, anything that you do hear that doesn't agree with the Bible, it's not from God. And sometimes... There are deceiving voices that represent themselves as the voice of God, but they are not. And you can help to guard against that when you pray with your Bible open. We we really, really need to make sure that we understand and that we know what the Bible says for so many reasons, mainly because the Bible is full of truth. And so many of us are faced with untruth deceptive voices. We all hear those voices. The Bible tells us over and over, my sheep will know my voice. They will know what I'm saying. You know, I talk with pastors all the time who say, you know, Linda, I could get up in the pulpit every Sunday and I could say whatever I want to say. The majority of my congregation wouldn't know if it was in the word of God or not because we don't take the time to listen to what God says. So as you reach out in your prayers this week, I hope you're going to remember the things that we've talked about the things that we have to have his will, not our will, the things that we have to, what is required of prayer, that we have to have faith. We have to believe. We have to believe that those who earnestly seek him, he rewards. If we're earnestly seeking God, God rewards us. There's over 8,000 promises in the Bible that God says that all he's asking us to do is to say amen to it, that he has so much waiting for us. You know, there are people... There are people whose lives we can change that because of prayer, we are kings and we are priests and we have the ability to offer our sacrifices to God through prayer. There are people in foreign countries. There are people in your living room. There are people sitting beside you that are waiting to have answers to your prayers. They're waiting for you to learn how to approach God because they need you to pray for them that will change their lives forever. So as we continue this series on learning if we can pray and get what we pray for, 
My prayer is that you will stick with us so that we can learn how to change the world together. And we can do that because we know how to love him and love them.